Hi, I'm Michael Whitehouse, the guy who knows a guy, and welcome to the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast. They say your network is your net worth, and this season we'll be meeting highly successful entrepreneurs and learning their networking secrets so that you can learn to do what they have done to build your own high worth network. It's not about taking, it's about giving first, collaboration, creating value. To be the best, hang out with the best. And now, let's meet one of those amazing people I know. Welcome once again to the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast. Our guest today is Tom Ruich. He is a consultant, content marketing expert, and founder of Story Power Marketing. Tom is a digital marketing pioneer who founded the email marketing software and service company Market Volt in 2001, before most business people had even heard of email marketing. Today, coaches, consultants, and other experts hire Tom to power up their stories because most ditch out the same old boring content that turns off prospects. Yes, they do. <laughs> and then they feel frustrated and stuck. So Tom helps them transform content from boring to brilliant, turn marketing from frustrating to fun, and convert results from pitiful to profitable, which sounds like you were doing a service not just to your clients, but to the rest of the world that has to suffer through their content. So thank you for doing what you do, and welcome to the show, Tom. You are welcome, Michael. I am glad to be here and glad to be of service. Uh, so 2001, that's back when open rates were like 80%, right? Uh, email was a pretty novel thing, yeah. When we got this uh, business started, most businesses had not really even heard of email marketing. Maybe a lot of people were still on AOL hearing that little, you've got mail. And uh, <laughs> so, but but they hadn't thought about it for their own businesses. So yeah, we were very much operating at a time where those businesses that were getting out of the gate in 2001, in 2002, had a first mover advantage and really were uh, making some hay. Uh, you know, 19 years later, 20, well, 19 years that I own the company and, and then another uh, two, three years since then, email marketing is still really, really powerful and still works really well. Mm -hmm. During that 19 year journey, I heard more than I, more times than I can count, People telling me, "Oh, email's dead. Email doesn't work anymore. Emails, you know." <laughs> and and uh, no, it keeps ticking. It keeps ticking. Uh, I've always said I used to sell magazine ads in yeah. 2019, 2020. Um, and whenever someone tells you something is dead, think about what they're selling, because mm -hmm. most people who say print is dead are selling social media. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I I worked in the newspaper industry before I founded Marketable, the email company, and. Uh, everybody who's saying print is dead, print publishing is dead, and it's not dead. It what it, the industry suffered in great part because it never figured out how to coexist with the mm -hmm. internet. But uh, I am channel agnostic now. I don't yeah. care how you choose to deliver your content, deliver your story. If you create powerful content, there is a channel. There are multiple channels that mm -hmm. will work for you. And oftentimes print is one of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Teleprospecting, telephone still works under mm -hmm. the right circumstances. Uh, and when done strategically, usually in conjunction with other media. Yeah. And so speaking of methods that work well to reach people, networking is one of my favorites. That's the theme yeah. of the show. Um, <laughs> and I always make a note to remind myself to talk about networking on my show because that's what the show is about. Uh, so... So tell me a little bit about how networking has benefited your business and life. 
Well, it it's been a huge part of my business in life. When MarketVolt was established, we're, we're based in uh, I'm based in St. Louis, and the company was based in St. Louis. We had clients around the globe, but we built not just the email marketing software, but also a marketing agency around the software. And when we launched that marketing agency, we really focused on our local and regional clients. And back in those days, live networking events and making human connections in person was was a huge thing and, and really still is, although COVID sort of interrupted that. But uh, after I sold MarketVolt and launched Story Power Marketing, <laughs> two months later, three months later, COVID hit and this whole Zoom world and the virtual networking thing really began to take hold. And it's been a huge part of my business growth. You and I met through networking. Uh, so many of my clients have come through networking. I'm very, very active on LinkedIn and I'm a big believer in the power of human interaction on LinkedIn, not that robotic, set it and forget it, pleased to meet you, let me pitch you now. Well, uh, let me rephrase that. Pleased to meet you, here is my pitch. Nobody is asking, let me do yes. it. They're just, <laughs> pleased to meet you, here's my pitch. Um, or, or here's my pitch, by the way, pleased to meet you. That's that's actually what happens to, uh, yeah, I, just about as often. I feel like even the slightest tweak there, pleased to meet you, may I pitch you. Yeah. If I got that message, I think I'd be like, sure, let's hear yeah. your pitch. Like, yeah. all right, I'm willing to accept a second LinkedIn message. That's not that terrible. But yep. yeah, yeah I, your consent-based marketing is a huge thing. If you, if you say, can I, can I pitch you? I, I, a friend of mine, uh, Donnie Bovine, teaches cold calling and and one of the things that he does is he's very upfront, very honest. Um, and he'll say, you know, oh, you know, this is a cold call. May, is it okay if I continue? Do you mind if I share why I'm calling? And yeah. most people, when you ask them, aren't going to be like, no, you can't share. Because that just feels weird. They'll be like, oh, well, that's nice of you to ask. Sure, I got 30 seconds. Why are you calling? Um, and yeah. it's amazingly effective versus the the bulldozer of like, oh, I'm going to pitch you and give you all the information. This is why it's great. What's your problem? especially the bulldozer that uses automatic uh, that uses artificial intelligence to build the message uh, i got one just today my <laughs> i get these about you know, a couple times a week mm -hmm. uh this one scraped my my headline from linkedin and and i i know we we've talked about this in groups that we're in the the proper approach to using your LinkedIn headline is not simply to do whatever most people do, which is to put their job title. So mm -hmm. I'm vice president of widgets at widget Inc. You know, that's, that's what most people will do. And in, in their headline, but uh, in your headline on LinkedIn, right below your, your name, share, talk about the audience that you're trying to reach, talk about the benefit that you can provide to them and, and why they, they might want to read on in your profile. So I forget off the top of my head what my profile says, but it's something to the effect of fire up prospects and inspire them to act with powerful storytelling. I'll show you how something like that. <laughs> so I got a message today, uh, uh, in mail direct message on LinkedIn that said, Hey, Tom, I see that you're fire up prospects and inspire them to act at Story Power Marketing. 
Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm founder and CEO at Story Power Marketing, but you know, you might want to you might want to retrain your robot to yep. read to scrape my thing properly. And then the guy just flew right into a pitch. That's mm-hmm. not networking. Yeah. That's not that's, yeah, that's not what you and I are talking about. Yeah. Well, and that's the funny is people sometimes say to me that you know networking doesn't work. Or I I saw an article. Someone shared me an article that said you know networking doesn't work in in venture capital. And then they're listing off all these things like you don't have to shove business cards in people's hands and go to events and and you know listing all these things. And I'm like, none of the things in that list are networking. They're right. all <laughs> things that people think of as networking. Yeah. But, you know, networking is about building relationships, giving, sharing, helping, seeing how you can solve people's problems it's not you know going out and be like hey tom i noticed that you also have gray hair we have that in common would you be interested in hearing about my product yeah it's much it's more than that about building relationships and i imagine that probably ties into the the uh email marketing and the story marketing that you you do yeah i was as you were talking about that i was thinking about email marketing because we we taught and worked with our clients a lot on lead generation. And one of the more common lead generation tactics for, especially for B2B businesses, especially in the day where face-to-face was bigger than it is now, trade show marketing. And so you, you get a booth at a trade show and the typical drill is you have the fishbowl and you give away an iPad or a a golf club or some other incentive that has nothing to do with what you sell. And you stick some junior salesman or some good looking um, person up front to draw people into the booth. And you just collect cards and think that that's connecting that that's networking and then you you have some uh clerical person type all those cards into a database and then you begin to pound them with emails as if they want to hear from you (laughs) and and um you know list building whether you do it through linkedin or through a virtual networking event or through a trade show booth or whatever it may be is an act of networking Mm -hmm. and so what we would coach our clients to do is sure go ahead and have the fishbowl and sure you can even give away something that doesn't have to do with what you sell but be sure to engage every single person who puts their card in the fishbowl understand if in fact they're a real prospect and and truly interested check the box yes if they say by the way i want to get email from you put a big red x on it if all they're doing is signing up for the ipad go ahead and give them the ipad if they entered the contest and you draw their card but but make that distinction between people who are really there to get to know you and learn about your products and services versus the people who are just rolling through because you're having some giveaway of something that anybody might want to to get so in email marketing that to me is an example of people don't think about that as an act of networking. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just an act of lead generation and list building, but you should always think of lead generation and list building as the first, the first step, the first moment in a relationship that you're building. And, and so too with story power marketing. I mean, the, the whole notion of good storytelling Mm -hmm. is not 
that you're dishing out your legendary origin story. I was born a poor child in the hills of Kentucky and I clawed my way out of the holler. And, uh, you know, I'm now going to tell you about the garage where I invented my computer and you're going to just think I'm the greatest guy, blah, 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 blah. That's not what storytelling is all about. What storytelling is all about is understanding your prospects, beginning with empathy, putting yourself in their shoes, knowing what they feel, knowing where they want to go, envisioning, empathy, envisioning, and then understanding whether the product and service that you offer is going to enable them to make that journey understanding whether you're a fit. And if those three things together, empathy, envision, enable, make sense for that person, for the market, for the, the person you're connecting with, you're going to be able to connect with them. And so the stories that you tell, starting with your LinkedIn headline, starting with the, the content that's on the, the, the backdrop of your uh, your booth at the trade show, starting with the headline on your website, should evoke that client's story. Mm. Who are they? Who are you talking to? Why should they care? Uh, what are they feeling? Where are they? Where do they want to go? And you can evoke that story before you've ever shaken their hand, looked in their eye, said a word to them. Mm -hmm. And if you do it well, they're going to think, wow, this guy, this business, this person knows me and understands me. I'd like to know more. They're not going to say, no, I'm dropping the card. I got to go. You know, I don't want to talk to you. I just want the, the iPad. Or if they, do, if they do do that, then they probably don't need you. But, but if you are able to evoke their story, they will look you in the eye. They will begin a conversation. You are beginning to connect and network in a way that's meaningful and positive. And then the conversation can continue from there. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I'm, I'm sort of blessed with a lack of marketing knowledge and thus yeah. people like being on my list. Uh, I actually did a webinar recently with someone and people were there who I didn't recognize. I'm like, neat. How'd you get here? Oh, I've been on your email list for a while. And they actually said, I've been on it longer and I read more of your emails than I would have expected because that's because a... yeah. I, I, you know, what feels organic now it doesn't necessarily convert because i'm not a great converting copywriter but i write you know whatever i'm I, I share experiences i share stories i share this happened at an event or this happened with my daughter and it's relevant to business this way and of course i have my origin story that starts with um it all began with a visit to a secret government networking lab where i pricked my finger on a radioactive business card and it i love it day with yeah. strange powers um yeah. yeah not your typical start a business in a garage story yeah yeah and and you know, you you said some really powerful things in there, and you were talking about authenticity. It's mm -hmm. personal. It's human. It's funny. It's a little bit, uh, I hate the cliche, but out of the box. Mm -hmm. One of the problems that so many people have when it comes to networking, when it comes to marketing, when it comes to putting themselves out there to the world, they're so darn super serious. I'm a professional. I have to be serious. I can't tell a story uh, about having my finger pricked by a radioactive business card. That's not professional. Well, <laughs> they're, they're missing the point. Yeah. Um, the people who are saying to you, I read your emails actually more than I expected are in effect saying, I expect the same old blah, 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 blah. You give me something that's different, that's entertaining, that's mm -hmm. uh, personal. 
And I like that. The other thing that you said that I thought was really, really important is I tell them about whatever, my daughter, whatever mm -hmm. it may be. And then I show them how that's relevant to business, to the business that they're doing. That's so key. Uh, so many people who get into this idea of storytelling think, oh, I'm just going to tell stories about whatever, you know, I'm, I walked the dog around the block and it was a beautiful day. And uh, we, we stopped at the park and we met a squirrel and blah, blah, blah. You know, storytelling in and of itself mm -hmm. is not interesting and entertaining. Storytelling is interesting and entertaining if it's relevant yeah. and that's what you're talking about and that same principle applies to just the conversations you're going to have in networking everything that i teach about creating content is is transferable to what we do as human beings when we're trying to make meaningful connection with people in a networking event or in a in a networking room yeah yeah and that's that's great. And, and I think sometimes this, I've, I've seen storytelling go the other way, too, where it's so focused on where it's going that it feels like the story has been photocopied and then made out of plastic. And and it's the it's that, you know, I was born in the born in the hills of Appalachia and then started a business in the garage you know, back 20 years ago. I, I think that's why I get a good response. My stories are often, you know, yesterday, like I'm writing it on Monday about something happened on Sunday. I'm doing it like a social yeah. media post. Whereas a lot of the content I see is when I was starting my business at some nebulous time in the past that was sometime between one and a hundred years ago, yeah, in yeah. a place that will hopefully feel familiar to you wherever it yeah. is. Um, it, it's you're like, wait, it's this could be anywhere, anytime, anyone. And I think sometimes people are also afraid to alienate, so they're like, yeah. I, I, I don't want to say I was in New York because maybe you're from Los Angeles and you don't like the East Coast. <laughs> right. Um, whereas mine, you know. When you read my story about the radioactive business card, you're either going to say, oh, this guy's funny, or who does this guy think he is? Unsubscribe, and off you go. Please. Which is great. The, the person door. who says, who does this guy think he is? At some point, they would have figured you out and not liked you and not wanted to do business with you anyway. Mm -hmm. Disqualify him right away. People, I'm a, I'm a fan of Ben Settles, um, and Ben is a, a Ben is a email marketer who a lot of copywriters and email marketers um are he he's just he's great he's an acquired taste though and he he's not politically correct he <laughs> will offend he will offend the heck out of a lot of people and part of his philosophy is that people are going to love you People are going to hate you. And from a business building perspective, the worst place to be is in the mushy middle. If mm -hmm. you're constantly trying to qualify what you say and be careful and, and parse every word to make sure that you're not offending everyone, then you're going to be boring. You're, mm -hmm. you're, um, it's not going to be authentic. That's, I think, really what you were getting at. And you were also just getting at this idea of, of creating content in the moment, which is really, really important. When, when I begin to work with my clients uh, in terms of creating content more consistently, putting more and better content out there, I will often coach them to create chunks of time, block time, and 
create some stuff in advance because it takes the pressure off to have mm -hmm. a few emails written in advance and and not always be sitting there on the morning of trying to to figure out what to write. Yep. That said, the way I do it, and I send emails Monday through Friday, the way I do it is I wake up most mornings without an idea of what I'm going to write, mm -hmm. and I begin to write. Um, not always, but I do it for the very reasons that you said. It feels more authentic. It mm -hmm. feels more interesting, and I draw from from you know whatever I see in my news feed or something I might have read in a book the night before. Or I think about what's been going on this week. I note down a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. I catalog. I have a lot of tools and systems and habits to keep track of stuff that I want to share with my audience, but rarely now do I write a bunch of emails in advance and then just, you know, pluck them and, and send them on the day of. Yeah. I, I found the challenge with the right, sometimes I do write in advance, but I get a couple ideas at the same time. And yeah. then, you know, I'll write Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then I wake up on Wednesday. I'm like, Ooh, I have an idea. I'm like, Oh, yeah. I've already written Wednesday. Do I want to, do I want to push this one to Thursday? Should I just push this to Monday? Will this yeah. still be relevant Monday? Um, now it is nice to have them pre-written and be like, I don't need to write anything today. That is pretty cool. And, and you know, on that very note, something that I have done on, on a few occasions, I will take that thing that's my idea and I'll say, oh, you know, I was going to send an email today about topic X and I'll just mm -hmm. sort of tease and hint at the email I'm going to send the next day that I was, mm -hmm. I was planning to send the email about topic X, but this thing happened and now I, I got to tell you about it today. Yeah. And and that's exactly what happened. It's, mm -hmm. it's true. It's honest. It's authentic. It makes it feel as if you're having a real human connection and a real human conversation with your audience. And this takes us back to that conversation about networking. It, it's the same thing in networking. When, when you're connecting with somebody and all they're doing is, oh, I'm kind of working from my script of, oh, how, okay. I am going to now deliver my elevator speech to you. And now I'm going to pause and let you deliver your elevator speech to me. And then mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you for the things that I want to ask you for. <laughs> Human beings who are just scripted and robotic, and it's not, it's not an authentic conversation. Mm -hmm. And the, the great thing about getting into a more creative and authentic mode of content creation is that it, you're exercising the same muscles and developing mm -hmm. the same skills that make you a great conversationalist, a great networker, a great connector. And so it all begins to feed itself yep. and it all begins to work in, in concert. Yeah, that's, that's right. And I, I, I definitely, you know, I'm glad you brought up the point about the, the, the mushy middle. Um, yeah. <laughs> Cause nobody buys in the mushy middle. Yeah. You know, the, the only people who are going to take action on to love you. So, right. and I, I often tell people, and I'm, I'm sure I'm drawing on many, many experts wiser than I, when I say this, that, that you know, if 20% of people love you and 20% of people hate you, then you're doing great. Yeah. If, if, you know, 5% of your content gets people saying, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I'm out of here. Then you did it right. As yeah. long as a few people also say, oh, this is pretty good. I've actually, you know, I've, I've gotten on TikTok recently. I'm getting a lot of traction there. And I think it's because I, I take a stand. And it's not mm -hmm. extreme, but it's the, this is where I am. This is what I believe. And some people say, oh, this is totally right. I have people in the comments, you've earned yourself a follower. You know, very mm -hmm. well put. And then about other people, 
who who say things like like you know take a basic economics course and get back to me. I have a degree in economics, by the way. You know, and <laughs> right, but, but that kind of conflict, especially in a, a platform like TikTok or anything where it's engagement driven, is engagement. That's right. So, so you know, the people who have inoffensive content have thirty-seven followers. Yeah. The people yeah. who have decisive content are the ones who get. Yeah, I've gotten up to six thousand followers in two months. Yeah, and you know, it's it, it's it's interesting that you you mentioned that because yesterday I did a a workshop that I call the five and twenty five workshop, five valuable tips delivered in twenty five minutes, mm-hmm. along with a friend of mine, a guy named Dean Isaacs. I, I think you might know Dean. Michael. I do know Dean. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So Dean's a great marketer out of Denver. He and I partner on this thing called Five and Twenty Five. And yesterday's was about LinkedIn, how to turn link LinkedIn from a time waster, money eater to a business builder. And one of the things we talked about is vanity metrics. And I know you know this, so I'm not picking on you for mentioning all the engagement you're getting. Mm-hmm. But what what people the mistake that people make is stopping thinking that what you just described, mm-hmm. oh, I had somebody say you now have a follower, and I now have so many followers, um, thinking that that's the end that they're trying to achieve. Oh, they take these followers uh, to the bank. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and that was the line in our presentation. You can't you can't take engagements and likes and all that crap yeah. to the bank. And that's where networking comes in. Mm-hmm. You know, that that um yeah, I use content and a variety of different means to get people's attention, mm-hmm. to draw people in, to get them to say, I like you. But then I have different strategies to invite them to networking events or mm-hmm. to reach out to them one-on-one. Because in the end, as as you well know, Michael, you're you're doing this for a living. The, the real business building connections come from one-to-one human connections. Mm-hmm. And and so all those people who are liking and engaging with you on TikTok or LinkedIn or Facebook or wherever it may be, start engaging, start networking, start giving to them so they'll give to you and and mm-hmm. and closing the circle. That's yeah. what this is really all about. Well, and that's where the real pay. I mean, it's this is so recent. I don't know where it's going. I don't know how TikTok drives. I don't even know if I'm targeting the right audience because I was just kind of like sharing opinions about stuff that's yeah. tangential to my business. But I started getting LinkedIn messages mm-hmm. um, from people who said, I've, I've been watching your TikTok content, and I wanted to connect with you. My favorite message was someone who says, I watched your content. I it, sh- it changed my mind about what networking is, and I've since gotten a job through networking. Beautiful. And I was like, and I was like this is worth it. If I don't get a penny that... from TikTok, if my content got one person a job by opening their eyes to what networking is, yeah. I will record TikToks for the rest of my life at the hopes that that will happen a second time. Yeah, um, that's ultimate but, praise. That's yeah. great. But yeah. but that's the feedback is is like I get LinkedIn. It, TikTok's funny because you can't message creators unless they follow you. So mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're finding me. They're going out on LinkedIn. They're going out on, I got one through my Facebook page. Um, so these messages showing up in like random corners because they can't go straight to the platform, which also filters out the, the spam and the random, random mm-hmm. like, you're dumb. You're not going to bother to chase me down on LinkedIn to send me a message saying I'm dumb. Right. You know, you, you're going to do that work if you actually care enough to, to do it. So it right. really does filter it down to what you actually want to talk to me. And it yeah. has been 
been really interesting because um, you know the, the haters drive drive engagement so that the people who like me can find me and reach out yep. to me on LinkedIn and and have conversations and really really make things happen. But I, I think that's as soon as the the numbers started rolling, I'm like, all right, that's cool. I've got two thousand followers. What does that mean? <laughs> like, what yeah. do I do with six thousand followers? Yeah. How do I do? How do I get them somewhere? So that's well, the next you, step. You host awesome networking events, and I I have a feeling you're figuring that out pretty quickly. Yeah, I'm getting a few of them. It, it, TikTok's yeah. funny because each each video stands alone, so it's not like LinkedIn where if you get a bunch of more followers, they're going to see your next post. Right. TikTok. If I make a post about you know networking to a job and it blows up, and I make a second post saying. Hey, all you guys, I'm doing a workshop on how to network to a job, but it doesn't create engagement. Nobody sees it. Yep. So it doesn't matter if my previous post blew up. There's no way to capitalize on that directly. So it's a, yeah. it's a weirdly arcane platform. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but it very much rewards authenticity. But uh, yeah, and, and, and it rewards the people who earn the follow. Mm -hmm. the you know because you you said this a moment ago that people said i you know they come looking for you after you catch their attention now they want to see what you have to say mm -hmm. and yeah that's powerful i i you know i'm i'm talking out of school a little bit here because i am not active on tiktok and uh i'm learning things about it listening to you but in the end all of these things are are bringing us back to that whole principle of yep. connecting and networking and being human and not automating and not doing the, you know, pleased to meet you. I'm going to pitch you now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so, and I think that that's, that's why I'm bringing up TikTok because more than any other platform I've seen, it rewards mm -hmm. that kind of behavior. The, the good yep. kind of behavior you're saying, you know, yep. LinkedIn, Facebook, there's ways to game the system and game the algorithm mm -hmm. so that, when you're on those platforms, you're not seeing the best content and the content you most want to see. You're seeing yep. people who use the right hashtags or use the right strategy or did the right thing. TikTok, their their algorithm is completely secret, constantly changing. Mm -hmm. And so nobody, you know, people are like, well, I think it might be this. Or if you use this word, it might do this. Mm -hmm. But nobody, people know how to get their videos not seen. Nobody knows <laughs> necessarily how to get them seen. So yeah. the only thing you can do is make good content. Yeah. And when you when you scroll your your page, and it's funny because you know when I scroll mine, it's a complete it's a different platform than my wife's. My, you know, my wife sees sees funny videos and people dancing and and cute fun stuff. I see people talking about like networking, race theory, getting a job, economics, history. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. There's no one doing goofy dances on my well, except for that one, that one who does really good mime work. Um, but other than that, like I'm not seeing goofy dances on mine because it curates to what you want and right. because you can't game it. If you're on there pitching, no one's going to see it. You can pitch yep. all day long. It'll let you, but yep. you'll get four views because no, no one's going to watch more than three seconds. No one's going to engage. No one's going to like, and the algorithm says this video is crap and nobody wants to see it. Yep. So yep. unless you provide value first, no, the way to do it is, you, is just like an email. You provide value first. And then at the end say, by the way, I'm doing a workshop next Thursday. Yeah, I'd love for you to join me. Um, but you know, you really need to. Yeah, if you want to learn this, use TikTok. And if all your videos don't get any engagement, you're not doing it right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's. I uh, I'm gonna kick the tires. I think I'm gonna go check it out. Yeah.
Yeah, it's, I'm, getting, I'm getting comments on there now from people who are – I have one about generation generations and job searching and whatnot. And so a lot of people identify how old they are in the comments. And one's like, well, I'm 83, and – so hmm. there's people who are in their 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s on this platform. It's really got yeah. gained to an interesting place. That's um, fascinating. Uh, yep. Yeah. So so where where are you finding – besides TikTok, where the, the grown-up kids are, um, yep. where are you finding networking to be most effective in 2022? Well, um, a few places. Uh, LinkedIn, I mentioned, and uh, I am I'm making real and meaningful connections with people on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And uh, the second place is through a selected set of networking events. And so uh, if we didn't meet at Profitable Networking Monthly, um, we became reacquainted there i don't recall off the top of my head where we first cross paths but we cross paths every month mm -hmm. at profitable networking monthly and i believe it was following a profitable networking monthly that we had the conversation that led to this uh this moment of yep. me being on your podcast um networking if there are all sorts of networking events some are terrible <laughs> <laughs> and and some are great and some of the people, the ones that are terrible are the ones that um, the hosts are not good at establishing the proper networking behavior that we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. So what happens is you end up getting in this room and the chat is full of hard pitches and all of a sudden for for days after you go to this thing, you're getting pounded by people who, um, you know, are just willy nilly sending their crap to you. And, but if you're at one where the hosts, I've mentioned Profitable Networking Monthly, and I'll give a shout out to Phil Palucha and Jane Powers who run that networking event. They're very good about setting the expectations, mm -hmm. making people who attend understand that this is not a pitch fest coaching and teaching around the idea of the human interaction that really makes it a difference reminding people what it is they can look for in a networking event the uh, phil has this idea of the four p's that that you are can be both a giver or an asker for a purchaser a, a, a prospect for your services a partner a uh, promoter somebody who who might promote your events or your emails or something like that, but not, not a true partner with you or somebody who has a platform. And so when I go to networking events now, I'll, I'll authentically introduce what it is I do, evoking the story that I take my clients on from before to after and how my services provide that. The story either resonates or, it's, or it doesn't. Great. And then I will share that I have a platform, a podcast, I am a connector. And depending on, you know, what you have for, for um, what you have for uh, your audience, I might be able to promote it to mine. I have, um, uh, I am looking for partners and, and, or can make introductions for partnerships. And, and depending on your product and service, I may be able to make introductions. So I can give around all four P's and then I'll describe, I am looking to be on stages and be a podcast guest. Here's the kind of 
purchaser I wish uh, to find. Here are the kind of joint ventures that I'm willing to explore. And here are the things I love it when people sign up for my email list, enjoy it and promote it. That's, that's a small ask, but I'll talk about that in a networking event. And so um, live networking events like that where I'm meeting a lot of people and scheduling meetings or scheduling them into small group meetings. Like this was an idea that, that you gave me, Michael, that when you meet a lot of people um, who are asking for one-on-one -on -one meetings, it's not a bad idea to say, well, you know, let's get together in a small group of mm -hmm. six or seven or 10 people. That actually provides more value often yep. than the one-on-one -on -one meeting. So I'm doing that. Thank you, Michael, for that. Uh, that idea. And I'm really making great connections, developing partnerships, landing clients, and, um, and helping others mm -hmm. through those kind of live networking events. It's, yeah. uh, it's really been one of the great business evolutions that I think resulted from COVID because I don't think there would have been as many of these virtual networking events uh, if not for COVID and people getting comfortable with Zoom. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I, I sometimes think about my business, which basically started in, really started in 2022, um, but the journey started in 2020. And I, I think back and I'm like, you know, could I have skipped my series of random sales jobs and started this eight years earlier? Mm -hmm. And and I think if I, you know, if I woke up and it's 2014, I just moved to, to Groton here, I don't think I could start this business knowing yep. what even knowing what i know now because yep. a, a zoom call is a real meeting like people feel like they've met whereas a phone call not so much so if i mm -hmm. met someone in say st louis and we talked on the phone and by email then it'll probably end with well yeah next time you're in st louis let's sit down grab a cup of coffee and see what we can do together right i'm like well i'm not coming to st louis and they're like well i guess we're not doing something together um, right. because yeah you know, the phone feels like the thing you do to get to the meeting mm -hmm. whereas a zoom call feels like actually doing a meeting and you you yep. I, there were some people who were doing that in certain certain spaces but for me where you know where i built a network from basically nothing um yep you know people will find a way to communicate with people they want to communicate with like if yep. i was if richard branson wants to talk to you and he wants to talk to you on a zoom on a zoom call you don't know what zoom is you'll figure out what zoom is so you can talk to richard branson well right right yeah so michael I... whitehouse in 2014 nobody's figured out anything to talk to me <laughs> <laughs> back then well there ah uh, you're selling yourself short i'm pretty but... cool now back then i was just this guy oh in 2014 right yeah, yeah. yeah no, i didn't know you in 2014 i yeah. can't uh, i, I, I can't. barely knew me in 2014 <laughs> yeah. um, but you know that we're, we're talking about something really important here and 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 i i want to repeat the the sort of thank you and the praise for drawing an idea that drawing on an idea that you shared with me about um, connecting with people in small groups, because mm -hmm. one of the great lessons that I've learned the hard way is that when you begin to embrace networking as a business growth strategy, you know, it, I'll, I'll step back for a moment. The typical drill for so many people who were live networking back in the in the days before COVID, mm -hmm. you go, you go to the networking event, you have a beer or a, a iced tea or whatever, you meet a few people, shake a few hands, get a few business cards, you may make a connection or two. Um, but 
you also end up with a big pile of cards that um, when I sold that business in 2019, I found a banker's box <laughs> that probably had 900 business cards in it. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going through and I'm like, I don't remember. I don't remember. I don't mm -hmm. remember. And it, and it's sort of the same at the trade show booth. Yep. And, and that's, that's sort of like, you know, uh, no, uh, there, there's no great cost to that. Mm -hmm. You collect a card, you don't act on it. Maybe it's a waste of time that you go to the networking event and really nothing's happening, yep. but there's no great, but not an expense. Yeah. yeah, there's no expense to to taking the cards out of your pocket, dropping them in a box and not spending any time on it. Mm -hmm. What happens with LinkedIn and live networking is you make connections with people and the connection requests start coming in and and you accept the connection request and the meeting requests start coming in and you can and you and you accept the meeting request because you think well, well meeting there's something could come of this this is mm -hmm. this is great and you then learn the hard way that you end up in a lot of meetings with a lot of people you shouldn't have met with yep that that they don't come to the table with anything in those four p's when you start talking to them about you know who are you looking for in terms of partners partners i haven't thought about partnerships <laughs> well, what, know. You know, what, what do you want us to promote uh, i don't i don't have anything to promote <laughs> you know, it's a, a giant waste of time yeah and yep. and and so you have to be strategic about this mm -hmm. if you're going to scale and one of the strategies and really uh, great tactics about scaling is put 10 people in a room instead of having 10 one-on-ones mm -hmm. and you're going to figure out who of those 10 people is somebody you can help yep. and somebody who can help you and if there's a help help thing going on then you can say let's meet Yep. And, and, and even the ones you don't engage with will still say, wow, that was such a great event. Thanks for inviting me. I, I met somebody. And if you're a good networker, you're making introductions. So everyone you meet, you're like, okay, let me introduce you to one or two people. Well, yep. it takes three minutes to write that email. That means that's six minutes off the 30-minute meeting you didn't get anything out of. That's um, right. And at the end of the day, now you've got 40 minutes of homework to do all the follow-up introductions for all the people you met during the day. Yeah, you're totally right. It's, it's so frictionless to create those meetings. It used to be you had to take the card home, and if you're diligent, you call them. Maybe you set an appointment. Maybe they say, oh, I don't know. I don't have time. I'm a little bit busy. There, there's more friction in booking. Now it's frictionless. You drop your Calendly link, which I have not done in months. Drop your Calendly link in the chat in a networking event. And I remember I, when I went to the event where I first met Phil, I came out with 50, uh, 48, 48 meetings, which at the time I didn't have connections. Like That was transformative to launch my network. But I came out right. of the event with 48 meetings on my calendar. The event was in early June. I was still meeting with people through late August <laughs> exactly. from this event. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. and and some of them were, you know, some were like, Phil, it's you know, life-changing connection. And others were 30 minutes of my life. I'll never get back. <laughs> and, and yeah, it, and I, I started to realize, I'd, I'd meet with people like, yeah, I'm interested in, you know, interested in your program. When can we book something? And I said, I can't send you my calendar link because it's booked out two months. So I'd have yeah. to manually be like, hey, I'll put you on Saturday morning or something. And I actually got the idea from a friend of mine who's a real estate investor. 
and he's he's like I posted to my 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 private Facebook group. Um, I I said, like I'm meeting with too many people. Many of them are great. Some of them aren't. I can't tell before I meet with them because the introductions I get are, you got to meet Tom. He's great. How great is great? Uh, yeah. So I don't want to say no. Yeah. But I can't. Don't have time for this. What should I do? And Dave Haberfeld, who's actually been on the show um, a couple times, he said, when I meet with, you know, I, I might meet with like all the contractors I know. I'm going to meet with them on Thursday night. So I'm going to meet, invite six of them. We'll meet together. Or I want to meet investors. I meet them together. I said, well, that's a bit too much work to sort and meet with all the right same kind of people. But what if I just met with a bunch of people at the same time? Um, and the cool thing about this idea, I actually put it out for people to to take it. I'm like, here's yep. my idea. Take it. Open virtual coffee. Janine Bolin took it, ran with it, got much better results than I ever got. More people showed up, saved more time, made more money. And I'm like, what did you do? And she brought it back to me and said, here's what I'm doing with it. And I yeah. learned from her. So by yeah. sharing these ideas, not being like, it's my idea, you can't have it unless you buy my program. I'm like, yeah, take it, use it. Tell me yeah. how it works. Because kind of like, I invented something. I invented a car. Tell me how I drive it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. There, yeah no, pedals, and, and, I don't know which does which. Uh, yeah. Take it out on the road and let me know how I drive this thing. Yeah. And by the way, that was just an awesome story about the power of networking. This, mm -hmm. whole, this whole last 10 minutes of this conversation. I network, I meet Michael, Michael has a great idea about how to network, I implement that idea, I talk about it on Michael's podcast that I'm on because we network, Michael then talks further about the idea and shares how a person with whom he networked perfected the idea and sent it back to him and made it even better. That's cool. And that's, and it's business building. And it's all, you know, and it's all about, it's all about human and real connections. And, and, um, you know, that's, uh, that's why we're here. That's that what we're we talking are. about today. Yeah, yeah. And, and one last point about this, you know, we're talking about a tactic, you know, a, a, a way to make connections. The, the big takeaway that I encourage anyone who's listening to think about is whatever it is that you do, just be conscious and strategic about exploring ways to filter the people you meet and to scale the real connecting that you do because i think what happens is that people who network whether it's in person or whether it's virtual they either sort of play wallflower and sit back and don't really invest in making connections and so in that case it's a waste of an hour or two or three or whatever your time you're spending yep or they dive in and they get caught in the trap that we described, which is now you have a flood of meetings. Now you have a flood of, of things you have to sort and sift and so forth. And they feel flooded by that and they stop, they recoil. Yep. The, the approach that we're talking about, and there are countless uh, tactics to address this, is just be conscious that that'll happen if you're not careful and be strategic about developing ways to to deal with that yeah well and i think it's also key to accept that this is not in-person networking and uh in in person inviting someone to a, a group coffee might have seemed a bit weird whereas this is a whole different environment yeah so so like yep. the the social cues are different here than they used to be 
Uh, and plus, remember, this is only this, this whole world is two years old. So there's no yep. wrong or like there's no one's been doing it longer than two years. We're all making it up. So yep. you can't do it that wrong. Um, yeah. So it's been awesome having you on the show. Um, so if people want to get onto your awesome email list and see how you write stories, how do they do that? They go to my website, Story Power Marketing, all one word, storypowermarketing.com. And at the top of the website, there's a button that says get Tom's emails. Couldn't be uh, couldn't be more clear. Uh, also, the first time you visit the website, there's going to you'll see the main cop content on the website. There will probably be a pop up that comes up and invites you to to join that shares uh, details. It's it's uh, it's, uh, it's a little bit unusual. It's not just the standard form that just says join my MLS with first name, last name. It's kind of a sales letter, uh, a little entertaining, kind of funny, lots of testimonials that tell you why you might want to wake up with me in the morning and, and join the delighted hordes who uh, wake up every every Monday through Friday with me with my emails. And uh, so you can do that at storypowermarketing.com. Also on that website, you'll find a link to resources, a lot of free resources about how to how to do better emails, how to do better content, examples of legendary Hall of Fame marketing that uses storytelling, and uh, contact information to learn how to get uh, uh, in touch with me further if you're so inclined. And I see a link here that says storypowermarketing.show. Is that how to get to your show? Storypowermarketing.show is my podcast. And uh, we, yeah, we, we archive the um, we archive the episodes, short excerpts plus full episode. You can also find that on Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever wherever you get your favorite podcast. And if you give a listen and like it, we always welcome those five star reviews. Great, yeah, I definitely encourage people to get on his his list because there's the value in it. He, you know, he shows you how he does it um, yeah. because he's doing it. But I, one thing I was I see a lot of people try to like trick people onto their podcast or on their, their email list. Be like, oh yeah, you're getting my free book. And surprise, you're on my email list. As if that's something you do to people. And if your email list yeah. is done well, it's something you do for people. That's like, right. When yeah. I tell people to get on my list, I say, you should get on my list because yeah. then I can email you things. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's, it's not like get on my list so I can, and I'll give you a gift to do it. It's, and, and I'm sure you're the same way. Yeah, get on my list. The gift is you'll be on my list. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it. it's, it, you know, um, we were talking before about the mushy middle, and it used to offend me and really get under my skin when somebody, especially somebody I knew, opted out of my email list. Now I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, good. They figured out that that we're not a good fit. Excellent. One, one less person that, uh, you know, uh, the, I'd rather have a pond of people who really love what I do and really want to be there than some people who tolerate me and some people who hate me <laughs> and and uh, so yeah i view what i do with my email and and the relationship that i have with my list as a as just that a relationship yeah and uh and i take that seriously and i respect that and i uh and i want people to be on my list because they want to be on my list uh, I, yeah, I really like that. And and for those of you who are who are listening, who either don't use your list because you're afraid that people might opt out, or or you're doing it in a robotic sort of way and people don't like to be there, th there is nothing cooler than when you start actually doing a story type value based list. And and if you if you ramp up, you're going to have a bunch of opt outs because they're like, oh, well, you're emailing me now. Hold on there, buddy. Um, <laughs> but then they stop. And if you're doing it right, you realize that. 
500, 1,000, 5,000 people actually want to get your emails every day or three times a week or once a week or whatever. And you're like, whoa, people actually like what I have to say. This is so cool. So. Yeah, and it, it it's part of that whole thing we've been talking about. It 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 begins to feel like a relationship. Mm. They're looking forward to you conversing with them every day. Yep. And uh, you know, I used to, even when I was a skilled so-called email marketing expert, um, had been running an email marketing company for many years. Um, I was sending the traditional email newsletter. Here's some information. Here's some tips. And it was kind of blah, blah, boring. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it was valuable information. And I I really was an expert, am an expert in a, a lot of marketing things, including email marketing. And my clients especially valued it. So they weren't opting out in hordes. But I never got an email saying, Tom, I love today's email. Thank you so much for today's email. I really loved it. That, that made me laugh. That made my day, whatever. Mm-hmm. Now on a regular basis, I get... Uh, emails back from people sometimes challenging something. Oh, you know, you <laughs> that one got a little under my skin, Tom. Here are my thoughts on that. Good. You mm-hmm. know, let's let's talk about that. Um, but thank you, Tom, for that email. Or th- that I really love that email. Or um, if for whatever reason it didn't come through, or on the, the rare occasion when I'm um, under the weather and an email doesn't get out on time, I get emails saying, "Where was the email?" Wow. <laughs> What that's a feeling, a right? Wow, that's that's great. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, so thank you so much for being on the show. And again, that's storypowermarketing.com to to get the experience of reading Tom's email list. And it's been great talking to you and learning from you and sharing what you know with the audience. So thank you. Michael, thank you. This has been the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast. Please be sure to follow this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. I'd love to hear your feedback. Email me at michael at guywhoknowsaguy.com. Learn more about me and what I'm up to at guywhoknowsaguy.com. Know someone who might find this interview interesting? Why not share it with them? And be sure to join me every Monday for the Monday update right here on the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast feed. I'm Michael Whitehouse, the Guy Who Knows a Guy, and I appreciate you taking the time to listen. JV Connect is coming up quick, December 12th and 13th. If you are looking for a networking event where you can meet people who aren't looking to just pitch you or take, but actually want to collaborate, build strategic partnerships, joint ventures, maybe even find some mentors, some coaches, people to support you, accountability partners, who knows? If you're looking for good people in an environment that's not stressful, but is set up to give you a lot of great connections in an efficient amount of time, check out JV Connect jv-connect.com. That's jv-connect.com, December 12th and 13th, 2023. We'll see you there.